another episode of Voice of X. Um, as I speak, we are still in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic or COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2, Chinese virus, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm in the midst of it too. Uh, this, you know, uh, it's not self-quarantine is not the word. Uh, shelter in place. So I'm in California. So um, it, we, we have a whole shelter in place sort of across the whole state. But, but if you listen to my last episode, we talked about the coronavirus then too, and it really focused on the numbers. And, you know, I said that things really weren't as bad as they're being purported to be. Now, now I want to clarify. I, I'm not saying that SARS-CoV-2 or Chinese virus, whatever, is not, it's not serious, not a serious illness, not a serious viral infection, whatever you want to call it. It's, it is serious. But, but guys, it's, it's, I'm just trying to allay your fears because what I'm seeing around here is hysteria over this, fanned by not just the media, but by a lot of the politicians as well. Okay, I mean, look, I live in California, and, and we're averaging about three, I think, three, three or four deaths a day um, is, would be the average, right? I mean, obviously, there's some days we're more, some days less, but on average, since they started tracking this, um, Guys, there's, there's 40 million people in California, uh, and, and every single day, 760 people die in California. Every day, from natural causes, car accidents, drug overdoses, whatever. Illnesses, they die, 760 of them every day. Even if you quadrupled the number of people dying from coronavirus daily in, the, in, in California, you would still only be increasing the number of people dying by a fraction of a percent. I'm not, again, the, the problem, problem with, with, with percentages is if you're in that small percentage, 100% for you, I get that. So, so please take it seriously, but look, I got to have a little bit of a rant at the beginning of this. Today, I, I want to discuss some takeaways from this whole thing because we really need to learn from this, but some things are getting extremely frustrating for me. And I think they are for a lot of people too. At least people I hear, other people I hear on the radio, some of the people I talk to, um, and on the same token, some of the people that were always steadfast, I mean, even very conservative people have like abandoned their values because they've gotten scared enough. Okay. Uh, there's definitely a lot of fear mongering going on. All right. The damage to our economy is becoming more dire, dire daily. And in all honestly, something has to give. We need to reopen this country, period. All right. So, so before I move on with the normal, with what I had planned for today's um, podcast, uh, as far as takeaways from our current situation, I've got to ask something. Have people lost their dang minds? I mean, seriously, seriously, you cannot shut the economy down like this. Now, I, I, I'm keeping my voice down because, you know, I'm just a normal guy and I'm recording this in my home at my desk with a microphone and I don't want to be screaming and yelling and having the whole neighborhood hear me, but this is getting horrib horrifically frustrating, all right? This path we are moving on, it's just not sustainable, folks. Now, now, I, I, now before you try and call me out and say that I don't care about the elderly or the high risk, that's just baloney and it's absolutely ludicrous. I'm so sick of people, especially those on the left, trying to act as though they're morally superior to everyone else, that they are the ubermensch because they're supposedly more compassionate. And if you try and bring any kind of common sense to the table, they immediately label you with a negative title. They're always, they are always the pro-choice, pro-immigrant, pro-everything. Everything's positive label for them, but anyone who has a differing view is immediately labeled. 
Look at it. Anti-abortion, science deniers, xenophobic, homophobic, racist, whatever it is. Right away, they start sticking labels on you. I mean, it's ridiculous. This is like, it's, it's like it's the, the third grade playground with these people. And I'm really sick of it. Now, I'm going to call all these people what they really are. The big, fat liars. They're lying about their compassion, especially in this case. And even though there's a lot of innocent people who really think they're being compassionate because they're listening to these morons and you're not being compassionate. You're lying to yourself. Now, of course, of course I care about the elderly and about the, the people that are at risk. Dude, who? death is a horrible thing, guys. I mean, I have some elderly people in my own life. I want them to be safe. I pray every day that God keeps them safe. But you know what? I also care about the small business down the street. The man or the woman who spent their whole life building a business only to see it flushed down the toilet. Oh, and not just because of any fault of their owners because, oh, well, things happen because the government shut them down. Now, I care about the employees losing their jobs or being furloughed so they get to keep their, their benefits but they don't get paid. How are they supposed to pay the rent, people? Folks, how are they supposed to feed their children? What about them? Oh, yeah, all these people who supposedly are compassionate, well, they sure as heck don't care about them. They're liars. They're lying to you. They're lying about their compassion. It's all virtue signaling so they can feel good about themselves and try and blow themselves up and look good. Now, I, I, I mean, these people have the emotional maturity of five-year-olds. It's either that or they're absolutely... I hate to say it, they're evil and they're using your emotions to, 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 to get whatever outcome they want. Look, I feel too. I have feelings. I'm human. But I can also look at things logically and try and take a balanced approach. Hey, that's called common sense, guys, and this is what's needed in leadership. All right? You've got to take in information from everywhere. You can't just listen to the doctors. They've only got one point of view. You also got to listen to the economists. We talked about this in the last episode. Go back and listen to it. As a leader, you've got to take in everything and make a balanced decision that's good for everybody. That means, yeah, we all are going to suffer a loss so that we can all have equal gain. That's how it works. That's leadership. It's also just, like I said, common sense. Look, you can't take an all-or-nothing approach like they're doing. But I, I don't think our state and local government, especially here in California, all right? I use California because I live here, and plus because there's some... If you've been listening to like Rush Limbaugh and whatnot, he's been using California a lot. I'm not going to go over what he said. Go listen to him. Go read the transcripts from his show the last couple days, okay? But here in California, um, i got to be honest with you. I don't think the state and local government, I don't think they're smart enough to tie their own shoes. I've got to believe that because like I said, otherwise they are, are have some kind of ulterior motive and it's just plain, I, man, I hate to say evil, but it's just wrong. So i got to believe that they're just morons. I mean, how many of you remember a few weeks ago when the authorities were telling us all that N95 masks worked, but, uh, but even then a mask would only help if you were sick as opposed to preventing the sick for yourself from getting sick. But now they're trying to say that you should wear a mask every time you go out. They can't make up their freaking minds. In fact, I, I think they're making this stuff up as they go along. Oh, and by the way, people are taking that. I mean, I listened to Fauci say what he said about the mask when you go out. He didn't say wear a mask every time you go out like Governor Newsom is saying. He's saying if you can't maintain the six foot, I heard him today on the radio, quoted him. If you can't maintain the six foot distance, then it's best to have a mask because yes, there is some moisture and droplets that come out of your mouth, mouth even when you're talking. 
I see people walking by themselves down the street outside with a mask on, driving in cars by themselves with a mask on. Guys, this is pathetic. It's ridiculous. It needs to stop. And, 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 and we need to get some of these buffoons off the air and start getting some level-headed, common-sense decisions being made. All right? I, I mean, look, I brought up Rush Limbaugh, and it's just because I have been listening to him recently. I listen to a lot. In fact, by the way, I also listen to a lot of the left. I listen to a lot of the stuff on CNN, MSNBC. I want to get a, I'm definitely conservative. Okay, I'm a Christian conservative, but I, I like to hear what both sides have to say. But I was listening to Rush today, and I think he really kind of... He kind of hit the nail on the head. These people are making all their decisions based upon models. Let me tell you something about models, all right? They're only as good as the data that you put into them. And the results, they can be manipulated based upon what data you use. And that doesn't mean you manipulate the data. The data they use, it's real data. It's accurate. But they put in the data to get the answer that they want. Look, anybody who's been involved in business, I mean, Anything, it doesn't matter whether it's IT, big business, defense, government, doesn't matter. They all do this. I mean, this is why this is why it's becoming such a problem with corporations. They're run by the bean counters and those who just want to look at numbers. But here's how here's how it works. Let's be very simple. Your model is a simple adding machine, okay? Two plus two is the outcome is four, okay? The data is accurate. Two is two, two is two, and when you add them together, it's four. Three plus two is five. Well, what they're doing is they're not putting in the data based upon just what's happening. They're putting in data based upon the outcome that they want. Well, they can't put in three plus two because three plus two equals five, but they want three. So they put in the data they want to get the answer that they want. And then they'll look, but the data is accurate. It's real. Yeah, it is. But that's not the real life. That's not real. That's not what's happening. All right. So you have to be very careful. They need to stop. Our leaders need to stop listening to just, just these guys posing these models and saying this is what's going to happen. I, I, and let me look this up. Let me look this up, guys. What are they trying to say? Um, give me a second here. I mean, uh, they're trying to say, give us a number of how many will uh, die in the next, what is it, a few months. Um, I, I, I don't have it right here in front of me, but it was some horrific number. I mean... I mean, how do we go from, what are we at about? Let me look again. Uh, okay, here we go. So United States, current... 240,000 they're projecting to tie. Um, and we're currently at, man, I don't know. I, there's so much stuff here right now. It's ridiculous. But um, any, any, anyway, I'm going to move on. I'll, I'll come back to this later, see if I can get this, this done here. Um, but look, uh, the bottom line is we're in the thousands right now. And they're talking about it going up to like the hundreds of thousands, maybe in the millions. And like the next, I don't know, few months, six months. I mean, that's asinine. We're just not seeing that, people. We're not seeing that. Three or four people a day are dying from it in California. We have 40 million people here. 760 die every day of other causes. Guys, we need to change our perspective and start, and start looking at this uh, uh, differently. Look, 
I keep hearing people say, this is warfare, it's war. But let me tell you something, wars aren't won by the strong people sitting at home, cowering on their couches, binge watching Netflix. The weak and the most at risk, they need to stay behind closed doors, hold themselves up while the rest of us get out there and keep the world moving. Will there be some casualties? Well, heck yeah, there will be. You want to call it war? Well, that's war. And believe me, it scares the hell out of me. Yeah, that's right. I'm scared too. I don't want any my, anyone in my family to get this. I don't want to get this. I don't want my neighbor to get this. Heck, I wish it didn't exist at all. But there is a reality and we have to face it. We can't hide from it. We have to dig deep, find the strength to face our fear and do what needs to be done. We weigh out the risk and we take the path that gives us the best outcome for everyone. All right? Everyone. We shouldn't be careless or at all, okay? But what I'm seeing right now is not a balanced approach. It's not a common sense approach. I, at least not with what I'm seeing from the state and local leaders. I mean, again, take California. The governor shut down the whole state. Why? California is a huge state. The areas with the most problems are the leftist utopias like San Francisco, LA, and San Diego, where, where, where they shoved high-density living and public transit down everyone's throat. Oh, yeah. And, and the whole ban of, ban of single-use bags that we had here, we outlawed single-use bags. Yeah, well, that's backfired, hadn't it? San Francisco's no longer allowing it because multi-use bags, they, they, they spread germs. They harbor, harbor the virus. I, now, there's some other things that, that, that's been brought up about, and I think it was Rush Limbaugh who said this, and it made a good point. We have a huge Asian population here in California, so it's entirely possible that we've already got herd immunity. That's why our numbers you're seeing are so much lower than places like New York. Okay, they've been coming back here from China after Chinese New Year since January for a long time. Okay, and that's a very interesting theory. I don't know if there's any data behind it, but it is interesting. But 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 the, the bottom line is we're just not seeing the numbers that they're talking about. And they're getting everybody scared and riled up. All right. I, I mean, the federal government, at least I mean, Trump, at least he seems to be trying to take a balanced approach. I think he knows things have to be opened back up. But he's leaving the states to decide how to run things as they see fit, which is as it should be. The states are sovereign. This is the United States of America. And he's right. The federal government's there to give back up to the states as they need it. Okay. However, I do think he needs to stop listening so much just to the infectious disease doctors. Okay. And their models. Okay. Look, this is all just my opinion. And you don't have to agree. I mean, that's fine. You're welcome to your opinion. But listen to me when I say that I think history is going to judge this moment uh, rather harshly. I think we're going to look back and we're going to see the fear-mongering from the mainstream media. We're going to see the hysteria of the populace. And it's going to go down as a lesson of what not to do. I mean, there's going to be some good takeaways. And we're going to go over some of those right now that need to be, they need to be addressed when this is done, when we get through this. In fact, maybe even before that, they need to start being addressed now. Because... This isn't killing half the population like people are acting like we need to get moving on this, this, some of these things now. All right. But I do hope that we can turn this around and instead of being uh, a blemish on American history, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we can turn this around and make it a shining moment. I, I, I really, really do. Okay. Now that's just kind of my generalized rant. All right, so let me move on to the topic for this podcast. Uh, just like the rest of you, I've had plenty of time. I mean, I'm working from home, so I'm not just sitting on my thumbs 
or going for walks all day like it seems everybody else in the world is doing. They're bored and they just go out for walks because there's no entertainment. So I go out and go for a walk. I, I don't know why they're not working. Uh, if they're working from home, but I'm working from home. So I'm still working eight, nine hours every day um, from my house and going out to sites because I, I, I'm a central employee. But um, when I'm not, I mean, obviously I can't go out and do anything, right? I come home and I'm home and I have a lot of time to think about this. I mean, this is all we see on the news, on the radio, everywhere on the internet. So I've had plenty of time to think about this and I hope you've been thinking about it too. So I've been really trying to take it apart. You know, what can I learn from this? And really praying for wisdom in this situation. You know, uh, God says to pray for, for, for wisdom when you go through trials. So what, what, what can I learn from this? Well, I've got a few takeaways that I'd like to share with you. I have a lot more than a few, but, but I, 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 gotta, you know, I can't talk about it all day and all night, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, you may agree, you may disagree with some of these takeaways, but, uh, but, you know, I mean, it's my podcast, so we're going to talk about this, you know, uh, and uh, if you want to listen, please keep listening. First, all right, we need to change our mentality, I believe, in regards to our liberties and how these crises need to be handled. I mean, honestly, look, I troll the local buzz pages for my area, you know, the little local city and community pages on Facebook and, and whatnot. Um, and, 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 and to tell you the truth, I find many of the people's behavior, I mean, reprehensible. I mean, it's, 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 it's shameful, guys. I mean, I, I actually see people complaining about seeing families out walking their dogs. I mean, it's evening. They're out going for a walk with their dogs, just them, maybe a husband and wife or by themselves. I mean, they've, they've mentioned several things, given different scenarios, but just out for a walk. And these people are asking if there's a way for them to call the police so they can have them cited for it. I mean, are you for real? Are these people for real? I mean, if you're in the house and you're not going out and you see people outside, I mean, there's no danger for you, right? You're, you're, you're separated from them. Who cares? There's not going to, because they get it, that doesn't magically mean you're going to get it. I mean, I understand how disease spread. I'm not an idiot. But if you're taking precautions, you're not really going to have that much of a problem. I mean, it's just amazing that right away, people actually want to start popping their neighbors for violating their own personal fears and sensibilities. Am I the only one who can see these people willing to join a communist revolution and actually turn their neighbors into the secret police so that they can be dragged off to the gulags? I, maybe that's going too far. That might be real severe, but uh, maybe not. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it's, it's, guys, I watched what happened in the stores. All the panic buying over water, canned goods, and toilet paper. Toilet paper. What's up with that, guys? I mean, for real toilet paper? I shudder to think what would happen during a real natural disaster that actually did affect the infrastructure and supply chain. To tell you the truth, I'm really quite ashamed of the people in my community. I mean, at least the ones that are vocal online. I'm sure there's a lot of great ones, but the ones that are vocal online, they go on there, and it's just it's shameful the way they behave. And to be honest with you, like I said before, even there's even some been conservative ones they throw away their principles just because they've gotten scared enough. I mean, it's not to sound harsh, but it's pathetic, guys. It's sad. Look, I always believed when it comes to the United States of America, man, I'm an idealist. Uh, I always believed that if faced with a crisis, the American people, they'd stand up. They'd be the brave people I thought we were. 
I always viewed my fellow Americans as these courageous pilgrims, the, the life-hardened, uh, you know, trail-hardened pioneer and mountain man, the rough-and-tumble, stand-by-his-morals cowboy. But instead, I see a bunch of cowering children afraid to go outside and try to behind, hide behind some kind of made-up virtue where they're saving lives by destroying livelihoods. Yeah, that's right. We're destroying lives in our attempt to save lives. I heard it said best, and I don't remember who it was. It may have been Rush again. I don't know, but, but I, and I'm paraphrasing. But he said something along the lines of that we're not trading lives for money like people think here. By shutting down the economy, we're trading lives for lives. Yeah, you guys, you know, these aren't just people who are saying, hey, look, you got to take a 5% cut in your pay, but it's okay because we're saving lives. No, no, you're talking about people losing everything, everything, their homes, their business, their means of feeding their families. You're not trading a little bit of money to save lives. You're saying that a very small portion of the people's lives are more important than everybody else's lives. You think about that. You let that sink in. And, and this is really my point of this first takeaway. You know, it really bothers me that so many are suddenly willing to give, just give away their liberty over to the state and local governments for what they see as safety. Now, I'm sure you've heard this quote from Benjamin Franklin probably a ton of times before. He said, and this is his quote, they who can give up essential liberty to attain a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. You, you, read that again. Let me read that again. They who can give up essential liberty to attain a little temporary safety deserve neither liber, liberty nor safety. There are those who try and nitpick about that, the context of this, but it can definitely be applied to areas of government intrusion and power grabs, especially in times of crisis this current crisis included. Many would say now that the government is needed to run these crises and do what they can, and in some cases that might be true. I mean, hey, in cases where the criminal elements are running amok and riots are happening, etc., sure, yeah, call out the National Guard. But the problem is that all too often the government uses crises to seize power, and they rarely, if ever, give it back. I mean, for goodness sake, take the governor of California here again. He's already talking about seizing this opportunity to usher in a new progressive era in American policy. And this fits hand in hand with the majority whip, James Clyburn. He, he reportedly said that this is a tremendous opportunity to restructure things to fit our vision. Now, I'm not going to go into the long list of these power grabs. I mean, you can go look that up for yourself because I don't have a three-hour show here. And I've had people say that, well, provide them. Well, why don't you go look? But I'll tell you, you can start with the Patriot Act and go from there. All right, you, you guys have the internet. You can do some research. I, I, I can't lay all this out for you. Or maybe I'll do a whole podcast on that later on. That, that would be fine too, where I have the time to do that. But in answer to the question as to what do we do then, if not give up our liberties to government for safety? Well, I mean, I would call upon the communities. You guys, we, we govern ourselves. Now, I'm not talking about a libertarian view on this. We need to have government. We need to have order. It's not just everybody doing what's right in their own eyes, as long as it doesn't hurt my neighbor, whatever the, the case may be. But I see the image of the populace, of the communities and the neighborhoods where I live, in the state where I live, reflected in the politicians that get elected. The problem is that I don't see my neighbors being strong enough to do this anymore, to govern themselves. 
and it shows in the people that they vote for for office. To be honest, it seems that a whole generation of wimps has been raised. We would rather have government care for us and our families rather than do it ourselves, rather than say, look, I'm going to make my own decisions and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to govern myself and I'm going to do what's right I'm gonna, and, 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 and I'm going to reap the rewards of my good decisions. And guess what? I'm also going to be, 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 be a man or woman enough, whatever the case may be, to take the consequences for my bad decisions. That's being an adult, folks. Uh, look, I've gone on for a little while on this topic and I need to move on, but whether you agree with the level of control given to the government during these times or not, I mean, if I'm in the minority here, if everybody listening, then so be it. Um, that's your opinion. That's fine. But when it's over, we need to make darn sure that these powers are taken back from the government. Fine. You want to give them temporary powers during these times like this? I don't agree with the, with the, the, the powers that have been giving, given to them for this. But if I'm outvoted, fine. But they need to be taken back when the crisis is over. All too often, they are not. And by the way, we also need to address all the other powers that have been granted them in the past and not taken back. So this is a very serious area we got to work on here. Now, I do got to move on to the next one. Um, but oh, 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 by all means, one more quick tip on this because I talked about social media. You know, try and limit your time online, folks. I know I'm saying that as, as I'm making a podcast here, but... Please, especially in regards to social media, as exposing yourself to, to, to so much really, really bad opinions probably isn't good for your state of mind, especially during times such as these. Uh, I mean, use your time in your free time, you know, take up something constructive, a hobby. If you're not working, when you're not working, take up, uh, learn something new, you know, start woodworking, do some repairs on the house, whatever. But be constructive. Keep a schedule. You need to keep a schedule. Keep yourself busy. Keep yourself focused. All right. So now moving on to my second takeaway. We need to address people and their online storefronts. Now this may, this is minor, but I've had several people ask me about this um, and I've talked to a few people about it and it may be seem trivial. So we're not going to cover it for too long, but buying up everything via retail at the stores and creating a shortage and then ripping people off that's not capitalism, guys. It's immoral and in some cases could be criminal. Now, I've heard some, even some conservatives on the radio and on news talk about this. And while I agree that the government has no right to seize their products without paying for them, that's your property. You pay for it fair and square. But I also don't agree that this is an example of free market as some have said. Look, I love capitalism. It's the greatest contribution to economics in the history of the world. I mean, it generates wealth. I mean, don't those of you who watched that old ladies movie, Wall Street, don't, it, it, it's not a zero-sum game, folks. You're not, when you get, you're not taking from somebody else. You, capitalism creates new wealth. It's phenomenal. It is absolutely great. I support capitalism, all right? Uh, but just like anything, you have to have rules that everyone has to play by so that all businesses can operate on a level playing field and the government needs to act as the referee assuring this. Now, I do not mean government regulation. I don't agree with most, if not all, government regulation. The government does not know how to best run your business and should stay out of it. But having them enforce mutually agreed upon rules, well, that's fair for everyone. 
Now, what does this have to do with the guy buying up all the hand sanitizer? You probably heard about him across three states or whatever, and then selling them online for astronomical prices. Well, first, let's get this out of the way. That's immoral to do in times of crisis, or you're profiteering off of off of off of people's off of this crisis. And before you say, and there's there's probably those people out there, and they try and come at me and say, "But you can't legislate morality." You're wrong. You can and should, by the way, legislate morality in some cases. I advise you to go take the Constitution 101 course and then maybe the 201 course over at Hillsdale College. It's free. Take it. Listen to it. Study it. Take the test at the end. Then get back to me and we can debate this and discuss it. Now, that's out of the way. Let's get down to brass tacks. First of all, this guy, I'm I assuming he's not a licensed reseller. doesn't have a wholesale license. I mean, I assume he doesn't since he, was, he and his, I think, a buddy went driving around the state buying up the hand sanitizer. And now, while this may not be an issue in and of itself, the big deal arises in the fact that he essentially manipulated the market. He created a shortage and then looked to rip people off in the midst of that shortage. Now, I'm not going to go too deep into this. I said I, don't, I only want to touch on this real quick because I've talked about it before, but I'm not against online businesses or side gigs at all. Again, big capitalist here, guys, pro-business. But you can't screw over the consumer by creating a shortage yourself and then profiting from it. That's market manipulation and it needs to be dealt with when when this is all said and done here because people are doing it with masks and everything else and crucial supplies as well so moving on all right uh third here to my my uh, third takeaway we need to stop sending and you've probably heard this and maybe even run with it yourself but we, i think even some on the left are beginning to understand this we need to stop sending critical manufacturing overseas and come to grips with the fact that the people's republic of china is not the warm and fuzzy version of communism. All right, guys, it's not Mr. Rogers' Soviet Union. They don't like us. They don't want to, they, 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 they want to dominate the world. And for all intents and purposes, they are our enemy. I mean, at least on the battlefront of the global economy. I mean, you may not like hearing that, but it's the truth, people. Now, before you call me a racist, xenophobe, or whatever negative title you want to give me, you check your emotions at the door. All right? Let's get one thing straight. Chinese, not a race, people. It's a nationality. If you're of Asian descent from any Asian nation, don't care where, you're of Asian descent, you come to America, you adopt our culture, you become a citizen, you're now an American. You're not Chinese anymore. You're not Vietnamese anymore. You're not Japanese. You're an American, period. Don't hyphenate it, please. I hate it when people do that. We're all American. That's it. It's what makes this nation great. Now, I know there's some people out there that don't act that way, and that's disgusting, and they need to be dealt with, okay? But I'm not one of those. All right. I love that people come here. You need to leave your culture behind, adopt our culture, become a citizen. And guess what? It's awesome. You can come here from any nation. And, and, and by the way, this, this, I don't believe there's any other country like this. You can come here from any nation. And if you do it legally and you're willing to take on our culture, you can be adopted into the American family. Our history becomes your history. You, you, you may have been born and raised in in. in, in whatever, Vietnam or China or whatever, and you came here, became a naturalized citizen, our history is your history now. That's it. It doesn't matter where you came from. You're adopted into our family. It's awesome. My founding fathers, those are your founding fathers. Washington, Jefferson, you can look up to all of them. They belong to you. That history is yours. It's an awesome way of thinking. And by the way, it's a very Christian way of thinking. We as Christians, 
See, we're adopted into the family of Abraham by faith. If you're a Gentile, you weren't born physically into that family, right? You're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. But through faith in Jesus Christ, you're adopted into that family. I mean, it's an amazing concept, all right? And it's very uniquely American. So anyway, that's the long version of don't bring up racism because it's not true. At least not in my case. I'm not a racist, okay? I am, however, being nationalistic. And to those who cringe at that term, knock it off. It's actually good to put the interest of your own nation before the interest of other nations. I put the interest of my own family before the interest of other families. Doesn't mean I don't want to help other families. But when it comes down to it, I got to put my family first. That's where my responsibility lies. Now, I know it seems like I'm segueing a lot here, but these are touchy subjects for some, and I want to make sure that I'm clear here. In fact, I think that a whole generation that didn't grow up during the Cold War have no idea how evil communism is. They haven't been taught that. In fact, they, they may have been taught by their liberal teachers that it's actually a good idea. In fact, you know what? I think um, the, the, the next podcast will be the one after that. That might be what I, what, I, what I have the podcast on. The history and the evils of communism. Just take this away right now, folks. Communism bad, capitalism good. Okay? That's it. But I'm going to do a podcast on that. So, sorry, no more segueing. Let's get down to the numbers here for uh, this third takeaway about not shipping, putting, uh, sending our manufacturing overseas, okay? Specifically to China. Let's look at some quick numbers here. Now, according to Forbes magazine, um, in 1980, China's total GDP, gross domestic product, was under 90 billion in current dollars. You know what it is today? Today's over 12 trillion. They're an economic powerhouse, guys. All right, that same article states the Chinese, and this is their quote, the Chinese manipulated Western politicians and business leaders into thinking China was evolving toward democracy and capitalism. In fact, the intent was to acquire our capital, technology, and other resources for use in China's own modernization. We have been manipulated and the businesses and politicians have fallen for it, end quote. Yeah, they lied, they cheated, they stole, they did. And, and guess what? We fell for it. I mean, they say the businesses and politicians have fallen for it. They didn't fall for anything. I got to be honest with you. Most of these politicians are pushing businesses overseas because they get their palms greased by these other countries. Yeah, we need to start looking into that and find out what's going on. China, Ukraine, yeah, you hear me. The Bidens, you know what's going on. Enough is enough. All right. Third, according to CF, uh, CFR article, this is our meta pharmaceuticals, guys. This is the third topic here. Pharmaceuticals, according to a CFR article, 97% of our antibiotics come from China. Guys, let's just say all of our antibiotics come from China. 97% of our antibiotics. We're so, it, we got another country that, that wants to dominate us, it, it, supplying our antibiotics and other drugs. Well, according to the same article, 80% of the active pharmaceutical, sorry about that, 80% of the active pharmaceutical ingredients or APIs, they come from China too. So even the medications that we make here, well, the active ingredients in them, we're getting those from China, 80% of them. Fourth, electronic components. Public data shows that 51% of all the electronic parts come from China. With Microsoft, by the way, having the largest share at 73% of their products being made up of Chinese parts. Now, let's not forget that a few years ago, China 
was busted for embedding chips in servers used in the DOD, the CIA, and the networks in Navy ships. They, they got their, they, they were infiltrated. Um, uh, these boards were being made um, overseas. Supermicro was putting them together and using them in servers for, the, for these places. And I think the investigation is still going on. And these chips, about the size, a little slightly bigger than the grain of rice, these chips allowed attackers to create a stealth doorway into any network that included the altered machines. This isn't conspiracy, guys. Go look it up. It's real. I mean, I, 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 Feinstein had her, what, her chauffeur of, what, like 10 years or something like that? He was a Chinese spy. They came to find out. This isn't this isn't a, this isn't a Tom Clancy book. This is real, people. This is Cold War, Soviet Union, U.S. spy stuff going on, and people are totally oblivious to it because it's happening with China now. All right. Fifthly, all right, the U.S. gets eighty percent of its rare earth elements from China. Rare earth elements. You know what those guys are? Those are the elements that are needed for making the iPhone you're glued to every day. It's used to make electric motors, military jet engines, satellites. I mean, the list goes on and on. And look, look. On top of all these other, uh, on top of these ones I just named out to you here, there's just the fact that China is guilty of massive human rights violations, theft of technology and trade secrets, environmental violations. Oh, and let's not forget that intelligence has recently revealed that China's been lying about the extent of the coronavirus outbreak. Look. The nation of China is not to be trusted, and we need to bring our critical manufacturing back to our own shores. It's just that simple. Now, you may ask, or at least you should be asking, how, how are we going to do this? I mean, and I don't mean logistically. I mean mentally, psychologically. How, how are we going to do this? Because the truth is that these types of fixes that I'm talking about, they require a change of mind, a change of outlook, how you see the world. Your behavior needs to change. Well, this brings me to my final takeaway. All these things can only be achieved with a national awakening, a revival. Look, I don't think it's been any secret, guys. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I don't think that you should have to be a Christian to be an American, but understand that our nation is very steeped in, in, in Christian tradition and beliefs. And in fact, it's the very foundation of much of our country. All right? And I believe that the only way to change people's minds is to turn back towards that. In fact, I'm convinced that it cannot, these, these takeaways, they, these things, these fixes, they can't be achieved without it. Because the way we look at the world and the way we react to it needs to be changed. I, the other side's been working for decades to, 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 to flip it around. We need to get it back. And by the way, that whole people changing people thing, yeah, that doesn't work. But Jesus can change the hearts of men and women. I have to warn you that this is probably going to be my harshest critique so far because I've been watching the church go downhill for a long time now. Now, don't get me wrong. God always has his, his remnant. All right, The church itself, the church is, the, is in the bride and the, the, the believers, the church will, will never die. As the Bible says, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But the church as an institution here in the U.S. has been sliding down a slippery slope for some time. It's a lot of sexual perversion, greed, bait and switch tactics, drug abuse, and in general, worldly values to creep in. I mean, look at the Methodists. They're looking at splitting up over homosexuality. The Southern Baptists, they've appointed a pro-LGBTQ pastor as president of their 2020 pastors conference. There are churches supporting marijuana use. Many churches that are more interested in entertaining their congregation rather than teaching their congregation. I mean, 
I, I could go on all day, but the church as an institution of America in America is decaying. Why? Because we've allowed it. We need a clean house in the church. That doesn't mean we turn away sinners, guys. I mean, heaven forbid. But we need to call these people to repentance. It's said in the Bible more times than I can count, repent and be saved, repent and be saved, repent and be saved. Without repentance, there's no salvation. Guys, you can't be forgiven for something if you don't believe that you've done something wrong. If we allow this behavior in the church, it'll destroy it from the inside. Uh, you know, I mean, the house divided against itself cannot stand. Paul addressed this issue when he wrote to the church in Corinth about fornication that was going on in the church. I mean, check it out. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Go read it. And pastors, I've got to ask, where are you? You're responsible for your flock. You will have to answer to the creator of the universe for your leadership. To whom much is given, much more is required. Start acting like it. This obviously isn't directed at every pastor in America. I mean, but the ones being negligent in their duties, you know who you are. You're more worried about putting butts out there in the seats than you are feeding the flock. You know who you are, or at least you should know if you've been reading your Bible. Now, I've been praying for several years for the next Great Awakening. Um, we've had a, we've had a, we've had a couple in our in our nation. Um, I've been praying for the next Great Awakening. Look, guys, I love my God. I love my country. I, 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 America's the greatest country in the world. When you study the history of our nation without the without the hateful rhetoric that the left of the leftist narrative, you can see the hand of God in every step. Without God guiding our thoughts and our motives, we cannot hope to grow and learn from this current pestilence. Now, I, I call it a pestilence because while I can't say at this point that this is God's judgment, I don't know, I, I, I haven't been given that kind of information, but I do believe that it might be. I know that in the Bible, God often uses pestilence, disease, pandemic, epidemic, whatever you want to call it, as a means of judgment. So I pray for wisdom. I pray that this experience sparks revival, sparks an awakening. And I pray that if you've been backslidden, that you would repent and come back to Christ. I mean, we can fix this, guys, but as Christians, we need to get our own house in order first. And we have to, we've let it get seriously dirty, guys. We've gotta clean our own house. Now, I don't mean to force everyone in the country to be Christian, all right? As a Christian, I, I believe in your right to freely exercise religion. That's, again, another very Christian view, all right? Believe in your right to freely exercise your religion. But when other doctrines and other religions, they come up against the gospel of Jesus Christ, man, they can't win. You know, I just, that's why the enemy constantly tries to tear down Christianity, but they don't do it to other religions. I mean, look around you. Does the world try and beat down Islam, Mormonism, Buddhism, Hinduism, or anything? At least not in the, not in the United States. I mean, no way they, they, they don't. I mean, because the enemy knows that the gospel message is the message of salvation and then it will always outshine all other messages. Now, I don't wanna leave on a bad note here. I, I, I've, I actually was coming into this, uh, when I wrote this was a lot angrier, was planning on being a lot more heated. I probably don't sound real angry, but I'm just, I've had a chance to calm down some. I'm still very frustrated, um, and I, but I don't wanna leave things on a bad note here because I don't wanna just beat people down. We're going through a time right now, we need to lift people up. 
I do have hope for our country, and I hope you do too. I believe that we can turn things around, but it requires you. You have to help fix things. The one who goes to church on Sunday and then lives like a heathen the rest of the week, you need to fix that. Second Chronicles, I think I've read this before, but I'm going to read it again. Second Chronicles 7.14 says that if the people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Read that again with some emphasis on with some of these words. If the people who are called by my name, that's you, believer, not the non-believer. That's you who go to church every Sunday. That's you who pray. You who are called by his name. If you humble yourselves, if you pray and seek his face, if you turn from your wicked ways, and you know what those ways are, you know there's sins that maybe you've been harboring, turn from them. He says he'll hear you from heaven. He'll forgive you your sin and he'll heal our land. Yeah, he's talking to you guys, the believers, the Christians out there, not the non-believer. Christian, he's talking to you. You need to turn from your wicked ways. The Christian, Christian, you need to pray and ask for forgiveness. Whether you're a member of the congregation or the pastor of a church, it's time for you to turn your life toward Christ and seek him with all that you have. This is it. This is our chance to make the United States the great beacon of hope that it once was. You know, after 9-11, I saw, some people say weeks, but I saw the churches packed for a few months after 9-11. I thought, this is it. This is the next great awakening. And after two or three months, guys, it just, it just fizzled out. We can't have that happen again. In fact, now it just fizzled out. It got worse than it was before. This is our chance. This is our chance to get on our knees ask forgiveness, and let God turn our nation around. And and by the way, if you're not saved, I I truly hope and pray that you would look seriously into the gospel message. Seek Jesus and see what he has to say to you. I challenge you. You don't have to believe it. I'm not trying to force you, coerce anything. Look at it. Go read the book of John. All right? It's in the New Testament. You'll find it. Borrow a Bible. Look online. Blueletterbible.org. Great site. I mean, you got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Right? I mean, guys, if I'm wrong about the gospel message about salvation, about Jesus Christ, then now when I die, I just close my eyes and nothing happens. But I've lived a good life. I didn't murder. I treated my family well. I tried not to lie. I mean, what have I done? I've left behind a good legacy and I was wrong. But if I'm right, guys, you're you're in a lot of trouble. You got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Please, I challenge you to seek Jesus and see what he has to say to you. All right, I've talked a lot, um, and I'm just going to continue to pray daily for our great nation. Pray that the God of all creation will have mercy upon us. And I pray for anybody listening who's not saved that, man, you get saved. Thank you for listening to another episode of Voice of X. And until next time, God bless. God bless.